0: 1.9 This is soul to soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kiddush, Parshas But the Parsha is almost dwarfed into the fact that this is Shabbos Hagodal. This is the great big Shabbos, the Shabbos just before Pesach. The Shabbos we're already the excitement, the the, the anticipation for Seder night and the beautiful Pesach we're going to experience is already is already building. Well, there's still a bit of tension, there's still quite a lot to do before Pesach comes. But we're going to get through it, and we're going to get to that moment where we truly enjoy and truly sit in the sublime pleasure of the Seder together with our family and friends. But and although we're going to spend quite a bit of the time today speaking about the the implication of Shabbos HaGodol. In fact, why it even has that name. But we cannot ignore the Pasha totally. And this Pasha talks about the third type of Tzorahs, the third type of a spiritual affliction that affects a person who does certain types of misdemeanors, most famously speaking of Lashon Hara. And that is the concept of Tzorahs that could affect a person's house. And the Torah says That when you come to the land of Canaan, I'm gonna that I'm giving you as a possession, sa so Kershbar will place a a nega, a affliction, in in your houses, and the coin's gonna to have to come. And uh, declare eventually the house coming, and if it be, the affliction doesn't go away, eventually, the sabais He's going to have to demolish the house. It stones, its timber, and all the mortar of the house is going to have to be destroyed. Now, we always need to strike a balance between rewards and punishment with regards to. The whole concept of nigoim on one houses, which is a, a, a an affliction that strikes the house. So the owner has to call the kayin to determine if, in fact, it is Tame, right? If it's ritually contaminated. Now, prior to making his Tame pronouncement, the Kayin orders that everything be removed from the house, which must now be demolished. Otherwise, whatever is in the house will be declared tome as well. The lesson we derive from here is that the punishment one administers should not be overly aggressive, certainly not more noteworthy than the infraction. A balance has to exist. Prior to punishing anyone, one must make a rational assessment to make sure that the required discipline does not exceed the deed that was done. The Torah teaches us that discipline needs to be meted out, but it has to be done gradually. First, the affliction appears on one's house. It's then followed by an affliction on the surface of his clothes as we discussed last week. Last, if he by his actions indicates that he has not yet smelled the coffee, he hasn't yet learned his lesson, then the affliction strikes his body. Hashem has no interest in hurting a person, even a sinner. He would much, much rather that the individual repent his ways. Thus, the discipline works its way up, but only... If the sinner's obtuseness prevents him from acknowledging his error, only by maintaining a balance between the infraction and the discipline that needs to be uh, 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 milat will the intended message actually be heard. Rashi teaches us that the destruction of the Mitzvahri's house is intended to uncover the golden jewelry that the Canaanites had concealed prior to the advancing Jewish army. They were not about to give away their wealth to their conquerors. This was, in effect, great news for the Jews. But did it have to be this way? Chazal and Warren teach us that the affliction appeared on the house in order to show everyone that the owner who had always... Claimed that he had nothing to lend or give to others in need. Actually had plenty which he was hoarding for himself. He deserves punishment. Yet, he also receives reward. How do these two opposites integrate? The Torah is teaching us a powerful lesson concerning chinuch, education. A sin does not erase a mitzvah. Punishment does not expunge rewards. One who rightfully deserves a reward will receive it. The mitzvah will not whitewash the sin that he committed and the punishment for which he is liable. Neither will the sin nullify the mitzvah. We have to find the balance and consistently maintain it. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. There's so much more coming. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchot Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. This is This is the big Shabbos before Pesach. And let's spend a bit of time today talking about the significance of of Shabbos of Shabbos right? And it's actually fitting that we should you on the It says that the Shabbos before Pesach is called Shabbos HaGodol because of the miracle that occurred. On it and the source is of course the the tour who actually describes what the miracle was and the tour attributes that the name Shabbos HaGadol comes to the great miracle that occurred on the Shabbos which immediately preceded (coughs) Yitzhi Yitzhi right the the Shabbos the, the the Exodus we know took place on a Thursday so the previous Shabbos, which was the 10th of Nisan, every Jew was commanded to take a lamb for his family, right, as the, as the Karim Pesach, and yet to tie it to the foot of his bed. When the Egyptians would ask curiously about this very strange ritual, so the Bnei would respond that they planned to sacrifice these animals to HaKadosh Baruch <clears throat> the Egyptians who worshipped the lamb were powerless to react and were forced to watch in silence and the Bess Yosef notes that actually Toysus in, in Shabbos provides another reason for the name Shabbos HaGadro Toysus says that the Medrish describes another miracle that occurred on behalf of Klai Yisrael on this historic date and these are the words of, of the Troisvus. Troisvus says that there's a midrash that when the people of Klai took their lambs for the Karban Pesah, so on that very, very momentous tenth of, of, of Nisim, which was Shabbos, so the firstborns of all the various nations gathered around Yisrael. They inquired, what's, what's going on, and what's, what's the nature of this ritual? B'nai Shal replied that the animals were to be offered to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? And who would then kill the firstborn Egyptians? The firstborns, and these were the Bukhirim, then went to their fathers and to Paro and begged them to send Klai Yisrael away. Their request was denied. This then prompted the B'chayrim to wage war against their elders and they killed many of them. As a fact, the Pesach says, to who smote the Egyptians through their, first, their firstborn. So we have actually here two different reasons for calling the Shabbos before Pesach, Shabbos HaGodah. <clears throat> Firstly, because Yisrael took the lambs the Egyptians' god for their Qoban Pesach, and the Egyptians were powerless to act or object. Secondly, to commemorate the miraculous uprising of the Egyptian B'chayrim against their fathers, prompted by the taking of the Qoban Pesach. Neither reason, however, explains why this special Shabbos is called Shabbos HaGodol, rather than Shabbos Hanes right? The miraculous Shabbos, or something similar, or additionally, we're going to try to explain why our Kaddish Baruch Hu orchestrated these surprising and kind of unexpected confrontation between the Egyptian B'chayim and their fathers, resulting in many, many deaths amongst them. What type of Mida Keneged Mida does this represent to us at all? So. Let's begin as follows. Let's discuss a very, very st- strange, perhaps a peculiarity that the, the Mepharshim all examine at great length. All of the Yom and Tavim that we have in the Torah, and even Hanukkah and Purim, are celebrated on the dates that the miracle actually occurred. Right? They're not celebrated on the day of the week, that the miracle occurred. Yet, this is not the case with Shabbos HaGonol. The miraculous taking of the Korban Pesach occurred on the 10th of Nisan, which happened that year to be Shabbos, but doesn't necessarily fall on Shabbos. This year, the 10th is going to be on a Monday. So why do we always celebrate the miracle on the Shabbos prior to, to, to Pesach, rather than on the actual 10th of of Nisan so clearly the Mefarshim offer many many answers to this to this uh, to this question. All of them, however, rely on one consistent fundamental principle, and that is the kedusha of Shabbos was instrumental in the miracles of the taking of the of the Karben Pesach. For instance, if you look in the pre khadash he brings perhaps. It's the merit of Shabbos helped Klai to some small or greater degree to save them from the Egyptians. And in a similar way, If you look in the Fasemes, he also brings down that the taking was on the 10th, which was on a Shabbos. And it's likely that this was intended so that Shabbos could assist the, the Bnei, the Bnei Israel. So we're going to try to propose, a, perhaps, a slightly different explanation to understand what's what's going on over over here, and you know, if you think about the mitzvah of, of Shabbos, so we find that the both the Aseres Hadibros in Yisrael and the Aseres Hadibros in verse we have very different reasons for the mitzvah, right? In in Yisrael. We're told the reason for Shabbos is, for in six days, Hashem created the heavens and the earth, right? It's a yom called Shoban, the sea, and everything that's there. And by Yorahap Yamashri, and he rested on the seventh day, right? But in, in by the second the celebrus, Shabbos commemorates Yitzias Machayim. As the apostle says, you shall remember. That you were a slave in the land of Mitzrayim, by Shem, your God has taken you out from there. Right? By the strong hand, was drawn. and therefore, Hashem, your God, commanded you to to keep to keep Shabbos. So you have two different rationales, right? So accordingly, we actually mention both reasons in in our kiddush, right? We say. Uh, Shabbos kotsho be'avarotson in zikoron zikaron breshis you mentioned maseh and then we say k'yom t'chil l'mekroi kodesh zeicher litzias mitzrayim so why in fact that Kodesh Baruch will provide a different rationale for Shabbos observance in the Aser Sedebris in Vaschanan than he did in in, in Yisrael and what is the, the connection between the fact it's Yesha'ym and and Shabbos and Shabbos observance, so really to to explain the matter, let's introduce a, a very very interesting uh, uh, piece in in the Midrash, which is related to to, uh, to Shabbos. Right? It says the Midrash says that a person might have thought that Hashem gave us the Shabbos, which to uh, actually be a detriment. Right? We are taught that this is not so. By sanctifying the Shabbos with food and drink and, and clean clothing, we are re- rewarded. Because in fact, the Apostle in Yeshaya, in, in Yeshaya says, the karasa la Shabbos if you uh, uh, proclaim the Shabbos as a delight, and then it says, in, in Dillman it says, right, Shabbos, uh, and Hashem, uh, yeah, uh, the person delights, in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu will grant then all of our all of our desires so all the Mephoshim are a little bit perplexed by this Medrash how could a person possibly think that the Shabbos was given to us for our own detriment to the point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to reassure us that it was given for our benefit so so the Avash Shalom interprets the Medrash based on a statement in the Gemara. The Gemara in Shabbos says that whoever observes Shabbos with all of its halachas is forgiven even the most serious avarice of Abba Right? So, that, so that's the way to read the Medrash. You might think perhaps that I gave you Shabbos to your detriment. I was on account of, your, of all the averis that you've done. For you believe mistakenly that I gave you the Shabbos to you to compensate and make up for your averis, including your sins of averis, Zorah. No, I only give it to you for your benefit, to enhance your Kedusha in keeping with the Pasuk in in Pasher Shemois. Right? You should know that I am a Kodesh Baruch Hu, who makes you who makes you holy. We're going to take a break and come back with more of this in a moment. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb. Only on 101.9 High FM. One one point nine FM. So to so back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kaddish, Parshas Mitzraya. This is Shabbos Hagodol, the big Shabbos, the final Shabbos before Pesach. Yes, it's a full week still till Pesach. So calm down, relax. But this is Shabbos Hagodol, and we are actually talking a little bit <coughs> about what Shabbos Hagodol means. Why was it called that? And if the if it recounts miracles that took place on the 10th of Nisan, which was when Shabbos Lagoda was, why do we celebrate it on Shabbos, not on the date when it actually occurred? So we're starting to talk a little bit about Shabbos. And let's kind of think about why was Yisroel? We just brought a, a medrash that said that somehow Klai had a thought that maybe Shabbos was instituted as a punishment for, for them. Why would they have thought that Shabbos was not given for our, for our benefit? Why would they have thought that Shabbos might have been a, 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 on, on account of their Averis, especially the Avera of Avedzara? So in order to really explain this well, so we're going to refer to another midrash. Which is referred to in, in the pasuk it says, "Va'yigvay uh, <speaking> Mahem <in> <room> was in those days." <speaking> in <the room> <speaking> in <the room> grew up and went out to his brothers and saw <speaking in> the <room> saw their burden. And the midrash says that when Moshebeneh saw their suffering, he appeared to Paro on their behalf. He argued that without a day of rest once a week. The slaves would surely die. No one can work seven days a week. Paro conceded and told Moshe to give them a day of rest. Moshe went and established the Shabbos as their day of rest. Moshe Rabbeinu made a profound calculation of all the mitzvahs. He specifically chose the mitzvah of Shabbos to somehow allay their suffering in, in Mishayim. As we know, in the time Yisrael sank to the lowest level, to the 49th level of tumah, including, unfortunately, the worship of Avodah Zara. This is evident from the following midrash, which which says uh, uh, on, on on the pasuk that the the uh, the. But by by the kris so it says, the water was a wall for them, and the medrash says that the archangel of all the non-Jews, Samael, went down to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and and protested, and said, "Master of the universe, didn't Yisrael worship Abayi Zorah Zora in and yet?" You are performing miracles on their behalf? And he voiced his complaints to the prince of the sea. And he became very angry and wished to drown Claeso. Immediately, Akalishporaku responded to him You incredible fool! Did they worship idols of their own accord? They only worshiped idols because of their enslavement and out of mental distress. You are judging an unintentional act as being deliberate and a compelled act as being voluntary. With this understanding, we can perhaps suggest that although so worshipped Avayi Mitzrayim due to the mental strain and, and temporary insanity caused by their enslavement, nevertheless, they still required atonement since... Avoidu is such an extremely serious Avera. Therefore, Moshe wisely instituted the practice of Shabbat's observance in Mitzrayim, and in its merit, even the Avera of Avoidu Zorah was, was forgiven. So, we, therefore, we can now explain Hakarish Baruch's statement to Yisrael as follows. You might think that perhaps. I gave you the Shabbos on account of your negative deeds. In other words, to make amends for worshiping HaVadah Zarah in seeing as that is why my Shabbinu instituted Shabbos observance originally over there. Do not think that. Know with absolute certainty that I only gave it to you for your benefit. That even if you already made amends... For the floor of our you should nevertheless observe the Shabbos to ascend and be sanctified with the Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This lights up for us the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu mentions two distinct reasons for the mitzvah of Shabbos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Yisrael the first set of Deberahs at Matan Shortly after, they exited the tumah of Mitzrayim. At that point, he gave them the mitzvah of Shabbos on an extremely high level. Remember the Shabbos day to sanctify it, Shai, so that they would connect with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who observed the Shabbos himself. Right, six days Hashem made heavens and earth, and on the seventh day Hashem rested. That's the implication of Zikaron Lamas a commemoration of the work of creation. The second Debraish, on the other hand, were given to Israel after they had committed the sin of Abu Zarah with the Egel Azav. Thus, they had an additional reason for observing the Shabbos. They required kapara, they retired at atonement for the sin of Avai just as they did him in Mitzrayim. Therefore Baruch, who Baruch said to them, God, did they shamoris Yom HaShabbos? God, did they have Shabbos? They to make it holy? Kasher Hashem lekecha? As Hashem, your God, command you. In other words, observe the Shabbos, on the same high level as you were commanded to do so in the first set of Dibras, Zikar Lamasa However, since you committed the Chet of the Egel, you now have an additional reason to observe this mitzvah. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Mitzrayim, and due to the strain and stress, you worshiped Avarizara. E Nevertheless, Hashem has taken you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and the merit of the Shabbos observance that my Benu instituted for you therefore Baruch Hu, your God has commanded you to make the day of Shabbos for this reason as well to atone for the chait of the, of the Ega so we can now Perhaps, well, give a bit of a chiddush, of a, perhaps a new reason for calling the Shabbos before Pesach, Shabbos Hagodo. During all of the years that Yisrael observed and HaMetrayim, they did so on a low level. They did so to atone for their worship of Arozara. That was no longer the case on the Shabbos HaGadol Mitzrayim. On that historic day, they were instructed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mishchu k'chulachem all right? A draw away and take for yourselves sheep for your families in order to shech the, the Kambesah, right? So they expound in the Mechilta. What does it mean, Mishchu? Withdraw your hands from Aved The V'kuchulachem, and take for yourselves sheep for the sake of performing a mitzvah. So by taking sheep for a carbon Pesach on the 10th of Nisan, which that year fell on Shabbos, Yisrael had already annulled the sin of Aved so, they no longer needed to observe Shabbos, to atone for the worship of, of, of Azorah, as indicated by the second Debris, right, to commemorate Yitzhi Asmashayim. They could begin to observe the Shabbos in keeping with the first Debris, right, to, to kaddish themselves and ascend uh, spiritually. Therefore, that Shabbos is referred to as Shabbos HaGadol because Yisrael began to observe the Shabbos on a much higher level than they had done previously in, in, uh, in, in, in Mitzrayim. So, continuing onward as, as, as we started, so we can now try to explain the additional miracle performed on behalf of Yisrael on Shabbos Hagadol, which was which which he brought down by 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 tuxus. they taught us that the firstborn Egyptians went to war against their fathers and killed them for refusing to set Yisrael free. When Hakadosh Baruch Hu designated Moshe to confront Paro, he told him. He says, say to Pharaoh, right, My firstborn is Yisro, And therefore, send out my son that he can go and serve me. But you have refused to send him out. And therefore, I'm going to kill your firstborn. Rashi right, comments, my firstborn son, what's According to the Medrash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu affixed his seal on the sale of the birthright that Yaakov bought from, from Esav years before. So we see an incredible fact. HaKadosh Baruch Hu inflicted Marcus B'choros on the Mitzrium, confirming the birthright that Yaakov Avinu had purchased from Esau. This is the, the import of the proclamation, Beni b'chayri Yisrael. Right? As the descendants of Yaakov, B'ni'i Yisrael inherited the birthright from him. Since the Egyptians refused to release Yisrael, who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's firstborn from servitude, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punished them correspondingly with the plague of the firstborn of Machas Bucherus. Let's explain this. Yaakovinu and Esav were born as twins. Right? They represent the heads of the two dynasties, the body of Kedusha and the body of, of Tuma. Throughout the generations of of time they battle over the birthright and the brachas, right? That epic struggle began while they were even in their mother's womb. As the Pasuk says, <laughs> The children struggled in, inside of her and Rivka didn't know what, what to do. And she was told there are two nations inside you, and two kingdoms will come from, from you, and one will become strong, and the other one will become weak, and one will serve the the, the and one will and the and the older one will serve the younger one. And Rashi comments, they're never going to be equal in greatness. When this one rises, the other one falls. In other words. They will not be great at the same time. As we know, HaKadosh Baruch arranged for Esav to come out first and to be the Bechor, right? And and Yaakov emerged holding on to Esav's heel, and that's how he got the name uh, Yaakov, holding on to the heel. According to Rashi, Yaakov grasped onto Esav's heel to prevent him from being the Bukhar right? in in Torah, the Chassam Sefer provides some kind of a clarification to this in reality Hashem wanted Yaakov and Esav to function together as partners Yaakov would study Torah like his sachar, the pillar of Torah and Esav would support him like like Zebulun had Esav fulfilled his function properly he would have retained the birthright in the same way that Moshe blessed Zavulin ahead of Yisachar. Right? He says, <speaking in Hebrew> Zavulin comes first because of the fact that he goes out and works and does everything for the purpose of his brother Yisachar. Had Esav done that, he would have retained that level of actually being on a one level greater than Yaakov. However, Esau rejected this role when he was still in his mother's womb. As the Pasuk teaches us, the boys were fighting. Rather than supporting Yaakov, he chose to wage war against the world of Kedusha. This prompted Yaakov to grasp his heel in an effort to prevent him from emerging from the womb first. Yaakov realized that Esau had no intention of functioning as the Zavulin of the people of Israel. So even though Yaakov failed to prevent Esau from being born first, nevertheless HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided him with the opportunity to acquire the birthright from Esau in exchange for some uh, lentil stew. Thus, the birthright was transferred from Esau who refused to use it as intended to Yaakov who used it to serve HaKadosh Baruch. So, it's then worth, worthwhile to note that the dispute between Yaakov and Esau over this birthright continues not just short-term, but in every generation between the body of Kedusha, represented by Israel, Yaakov's descendants, and the body of tumah, represented by the descendants of Esav and all the forces of evil. Each side wants to own the birthright and control the other, seeing as we are in Gaulus, under the rule of the Malachim, of the nations of the world, it appears as if Esav has succeeded in getting the birthright back. At the time of the Gula, however, the entire world will see that Yaakov and his descendants are the true owners of the birthright. This is evident from Hashem's promise to David that who was the, 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 the founder of the Melech HaMashiach, and he says to him, Afani El Yoin I'm going to make him a firstborn supreme over all the kings of, of the earth. So this battle over the birthright appeared in full force in, in Mitzrayim. Right at the start of the Golas in Mitzrayim, it's already written, that a new king rose over the Mitcham who didn't know Yosef. And he said to his people, Behold, B'nai shall are more numerous and stronger than us. Come, let's act wisely, right? And let us, because lest they become numerous, and if their war will occur, then he too may join our enemies and wage war against us and leave the land. Since they were the offspring of Yaakov, who had purchased the Bechairah from Esau, the Egyptians wanted to control the children of Israel. Therefore, Para suggests that we have to act wisely. And then they, they appointed taskmasters to afflict Israel. This explains so nicely the teaching. in in the Koboy, that the Egyptians sanctified their firstborn by making them priests of Abel In this manner, they wanted to demonstrate that the birthright legitimately belongs to the body of Tumah, stemming from Esav, and that they do not recognize Yaakov's claim to the Bukhara. Therefore, when Parah saw that the descendants of Yaakov were multiplying, he feared that they might uh, regain the birthright. So he decided to, to enslave him. So now we can comprehend why Akkadish Baruch Hu sent the following message to Paro. Right? Beni b'chayri Yisrael. He was informing Paro that the b'chayra truly belongs to Yaakov, who purchased it lawfully, and that Esau and his evil forces are not deserving of the birthright. And therefore, send out my son so that he can serve me. Because you are not worthy and don't deserve to rule to rule over them. In fact, it's they who are deserving, who, are, who have Kedusha and are deserving of the Bukhar to use it to serve, to serve our serve Baruch Hu. Yet, since you refuse to acknowledge the truth, Right? You refuse to send them out because you want to rule over them with the power of the Egyptian firstborn that you have devoted to Avail Zara? Therefore, I'm going to kill your, your firstborn. What is that Bukhira? Right? right? So if we follow this line of reasoning, then you can say that the the the, the, the that that which we're fighting about. Is in fact the, the, the Shabbos. It was Yaakov asked Esav to sell him, right? Why did he ask him to sell him? He says, uh, 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 says, He says, Sell me your birthright as of this day. The Medrash says, What did he really say? He says, Sell me one of your days. Now, we know that the two brothers. Already began to, to scuffle inside their mothers their mothers womb, right? Based on, on on the midrash, right? Rashi explains that Yaakov and Esav battled over control of the two worlds. They agreed to split up the two worlds: Yaakov taking Olam Hazel and and uh, and Esav getting Olam Haba. The battle, the real battlefield that they were fighting over, of course, was 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 Shabbos. Right and now, so we can really we can really understand why the Shabbos is called Shabbos Hagodol, the Shabbos before before Pesach, because on this Shabbos it was revealed that Klai merited inheriting their birthright that Yaakov bought from Yosef. Thus, they were considered to be like Yaakov Avinu, Hagodol, the older one, rather than Yosef. This enlightens us, as to why our arranged for the miraculous battle between the firstborn Egyptians and their fathers to occur on that Shabbos preceding Pesach. As we have learned, Yisroh were now associated with the Kedusha of the birthright acquired by the father, they understood Shabbos on the highest level. Now we know that when one rises to greatness, the other falls, therefore the firstborn Egyptians fought with their fathers, signaling their own downfall, while the opposite occurred with Israel. They connected with their father Yaakov and his birthright as B'chayim with the holy holy Shabbos. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. One one point nine FM. This is to Salt Beck on Yom Yerushalayim Shabbos Kiddush. Pashas Metzora Shabbos Hagadol, the final Shabbos before the Holy Hag of Pesach, which Be'ez Hashem, commences next week on Friday night. Right, of course we know the Sedarim will take place next Friday night, and Moed Shabbos those are the first two days of Pesach, and of course then we have four days of Chol and the last two days of Yom Tov are. Friday and Shabbos in in two weeks time. So it basically encompasses an entire week, as always does, eight days of of Pesach from Shabbos to to Shabbos. And now, obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of halachas. There's so much to speak about Hilchas Pesach. And I'm I'm 100% sure that uh, my colleagues who occupy this hot seat during this one to three slot on other days of the week, have spoken extensively about the halachot of Pesach, of cleaning the house, of getting rid of the chomets, of preparing for, for the Seder. So I'm going to carry on with our normal order of learning Hilchis Shabbos. But of course, before we do that, as we always do at this time on the show, to just discuss briefly the important times and details one needs to know for this Shabbos. So the earliest time for lighting candles. Today is at 4.46. Already 14 minutes before 5. It's getting earlier all the time. One can chaperine really nice and early and get Shabbos going. We need a Shabbos. Huh? It's been a hectic busy week. Lots of preparation. Lots of things going on. Cleaning the house for Pesach. A Shabbos is so, so welcome. A Shabbos is so look forward to and, and excitedly waited for. So, grab it with two hands as early as you can 4.46 get those candles up and get Shabbos into your into your home the latest time for benching licht today is at 5.41 5.41 19 minutes before 6 that is the latest time please make sure everything is done everything is ready the food's on the on the stove or on the hot tray wherever it is that you're going to that you're ever going to warm it everyone's dressed and the candles are lit and by that time for sure the Serenity of Shabbos has to be allowed to enter your your domain, your home, and 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 your minds and your body and your and your consciousness at that at that time. So the latest time for uh, for that is five forty one Shkia. Then is at one minute before six o'clock. That is, as we always say, that is the absolute latest injury time. If one really, really is is desperate, one can go until then. Certainly not as a, on a regular basis, and not and not something that one can factor in as time one has, one doesn't have that time, it's only for desperate situations, one minute before six is Ishkiya, and therefore if it wants to be able to dive in Mayrev, and, and and have fulfilled the Torah mitzvah of St. Krishma at night, so already by 6.17, 6.17 it's already proper proper night, as far as Shema is concerned, and one can then dive in Mayrev, and as always just Settle down, kind of, really, kind of relax and settle down into a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos evening, of of some good food and some good company and some good taira and some good zmirus and make just make it the beautiful Shabbos that that it can and needs to needs to be. Tomorrow is Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Metzaira, right? Again, because it's a leap here, many of these pashas that sometimes are read as double are read by themselves. So we read just pashas uh, a Metzaira. And because it is Shabbos Hagadol, although there's no special Mafti reading as we had on most of the previous weeks, we had the four special readings. There's no special reading for Shabbos Hagadol, but there is a special haftira. is the, the very, very last haftira, the very last, uh, uh, chapter of of, uh, of of Navi that that exists. that is the that is the, uh, the haftira. Of of Shabbos Golan, of course, it ends with the famous pasuk of Hinei Yo Ha that Hashem is going to send Eliyahu, which of course we wait for every single day, and especially as uh, as uh, we know Moshiach with what's going on in the world today, Moshiach can't be that that far away. So we're expectantly hoping and waiting that, uh, yeah, that Elio will finally come and herald and announce the coming of. Of, uh, of of, of Mashiach. so we have a special a special haftera. Also, obviously, because it's Shabbos Hagadol, uh, it's universal custom that the rav gives a special shear, often discussing many of the relevant halachas of Pesach, both in terms of the cleaning and in terms of maybe the seder and in terms of certain products that are or aren't available uh, kosher and maybe gives a bit of a deeper understanding of what Pesach is all about. Please avail yourself of that opportunity. Find out what's going on in your shul and and participate, participate uh, uh, in it. There's a custom that many have uh, to read part of the Haggadah at, at Mincha, at Mincha time from Avod Mayinu until just before we discuss Pesach, Matzah, and, uh, and, and Moro. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six twenty nine, it's already getting early very quickly 629, 29 29 minus 6 is the end of shabbos and then we take one more deep breath and plunge ourselves into the hectic week before pesach always looking forward to Be'ez Hashem next friday night where we're going to sit down to the beautiful beautiful seder and by then everything will be Done, and the house will be ready, and everything will, that we need to have accomplished will be accomplished. So let's just calm down and relax, and and think clearly, and we'll find that we're able much much better to to uh, accomplish and do what what needs what needs to be to be uh, to be done. We are starting. We actually finished last week the the, the laws uh, that are relevant to to kiddush. So now we're going to move on and talk about the the meals of of, of shabbos so we know the the Gemar says in in shabbos that anyone who has three meals on on shabbos so he is going to be saved from three different types of of suffering of punishment he's going to be saved from the birth pangs of of uh, mashiach and from the judgments of gehenna and from that final war of Gog and Magog, that promises to be the war to end all wars, he'll be saved from from that. That's one gemara. The afterwards says that anyone who enjoys uh, Shabbos and and really uh, gets a full degree of of pleasure out of Shabbos, so he saved Mishibul malchus. He's saved from being subjugated by by the other. Nationalities and and uh, and countries, and and what it's trying to tell us is that without the Shabbos, so then we would have been completely, completely submerged and 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 stuck into the the world of the of the physical. Into the yoke, into the imprisonment, almost, of the physical world, which completely, completely surrounds us, and we we just run in, in kind of hell pursuits after matters of this of this world, and you know that's that's uh, that we would be like like our neighbors, like the rest of the world, where we just work hard and and push ourselves without any any break in order to just sort of look after ourselves and, 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 and take care of our physical needs and, 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 and supply all of our different desires and, and, and most base wants, that will be our whole pursuit in life. Right? We'd forget about our divine neshama that we have and we'd just uh, get involved in this world. And of course we'd forget the Nishama that's desiring and wants nothing more than to raise right, the 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 the, uh, the person and 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 uh, and uh have us pursue rather godly I- ideals right now now uh if it wasn't for Shabbos then we would have absolutely no connection really to anything anything uh, uh, uh spiritual and therefore we would be sunk in in, in all the all the lacks and all the, the the things that have gone wrong in in this in this in this world which of course unfortunately are the the main causes for all the suffering, all the difficulty, because we, we live in a world gone amok, in a world that's completely lost its, its compass, and, and all it's doing is, is running headfirst after more pleasures and, and more power and, and more satisfaction and more of oneself. And therefore, uh, uh, we would achieve we would achieve nothing. We'd be, we'd be the same as all the, the rest of the world. However, when a person is zaycheh, to connect with all of his power and all of his intelligence to the Shabbos, both in his spirituality and his physicality, by learning Torah, by by damning, and also in eyeing Shabbos, enjoying, enjoying good food and, and good drink and good and good company and, and some good rest. So then he elevates himself beyond, beyond, way beyond all the, all the, all the limitations of, of this of this uh of this world rather he catapults himself to a a world of of nitschis a world of eternity which is cool which is all all good and therefore he's saved from all these other sufferings that the world that the world is 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 under is undergoing we're going to come back with a few last few comments in a moment this is one 1.9 high fm the program is soul to soul and this is the greatest jewish radio station in all of africa this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM soldiers all back on your radio. Every Shabbos, Mitzvah, last few minutes together. We're talking about the importance of the Shabbos meals because we're saying that this world is so full of so many things that stop a person from being able to even feel, to have any connection to Spirituality. But someone who gets pleasure out of Shabbos through his davening, through his learning, through the beautiful meals. So then he connects his body to his very, very spiritual uh, root. And and even the physicality of, of Shabbos can be used as a vessel to express the kedusha of our and the kedusha of, of 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 Shabbos, and then we all the other constraints and all the borders and all the limitations of the physical world just melt melt away, and and our our heart becomes ready and able to to grow and 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 develop in 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 spirituality, as it says, "Kol Ma a Anyone who really Get, gets pleasure from Shabbos, nice him like Komish Mishalis He gets whatever he wants. So by honoring the the Shabbos by by cleaning up the house and by having fine meals, so then even our physicality becomes connected to its spiritual source, and and that brings us tremendous tremendous bracha. And that's what Chachamim said that if someone honors Shabbos, he gets wealth you can, you can even get all kinds of physical blessing because he's now plugged in he's he's connected to hashem and of course it's very easy yeah to have a great meal and, and fill one's boichs. so why do chazal go, uh, 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 go so like wild to talk about the tremendous reward everyone loves to eat and and to get pleasure the, but the answer is no the the mitzvah is not to give yourself pleasure but to to give shabbos Pleasure, in other words, that we enjoy the meals by by recognizing that this is not just stuffing my boych. This is kedushas hashabbos. That through the Seudas, that should add more Cheshik, That we should want to to learn some more Torah and fulfill more mitzvahs. And someone who is really zayecha to get the true pleasure out of Shabbos, in other words, to connect. The physical pleasure with the elevation of his neshama, so he zayecha to real kedusha and to real bracha, both in this world and the next, next world. In spite of the fact that Shabbos and Yom Tov are, are similar, there is one very big difference. The mitzvahs of Shabbos is einig pleasure, and Yom Tov is simcha. The difference is that simcha is much, much more effusive. It's much more visible on on the outside, and therefore on Yom there's a special obligation to eat meat and and to have to have wine, but but. A is more of a private private thing. It's deeper. It's, it's much more, much more uh, refined. And therefore, the Mitchell's eating on Shabbos. Yes, we have amazing, amazing uh, meals, but the, the, the requirements are more, are more refined. And someone doesn't like meat and, and wine, so then he can enjoy his Shabbos with whatever other food. He does, he does. And that's why specifically the, the fish, uh, actually, actually, it represents more the food of, of of Shabbos because it has a much more subtle kind of taste, which is much more like the the pleasure, the einik of, of Shabbos. But that's all the time we have this week, anyway. And therefore, I'm just left with a moment to thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for being part of our of our family. You're what make it worth coming each week and 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 speaking to you. Please, God. We should have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos and this coming week should just go swimmingly well, everything. The should work, work out exactly as the boy wants it to work out so that we should get ready and, and, and prepare ourselves for a beautiful Chakash <coughs> Vashem. We'll hopefully find some time together next Erev Shabbos, on Erev Pesach, maybe to share a few more words of Chizok, a few, maybe a few ideas on, on the Haggadah that you could use at, at the Seder. But please, please, Let's let's remain calm. Let's remain let's let's remain collected. Let's not lose it. Bez Hashem, it's all going to go very very well. And to each and every one of our amazing radio family, I wish a warm and inspiring good Shabbos.